Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, the United States of America. Good morning, the entire world. How is uh, How are our peeps doing this morning? I trust we are. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Are all doing fine. We are all doing fine because we are going to make sure that we are all doing fine. Anyhow, folks, uh, we want to first present you with the heroes in the control room. Good morning, control room heroes. How are thou doing this morning? Well, we are still doing battle with AT&T at this particular time, so we're not doing so good just yet, but I do see victory today. I love to hear the word victory, victory today. We are going to have victory today. But you know what is great? What is great is you still have us on air at the same time that you're fighting the battles. It speaks of what? The genius that I've spoken about day after day. I wish you would tell me what genius means because I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, genius, my brother, is being able... Hey, 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 guess what? Guess what, Jack? Genius is being able, whatever the situation is, to make it happen. Those are the real geniuses in the world, not the ones that try to classify otherwise. Anyway, what's the word? I think Jack has some wisdom for us today. Jack, what's your wisdom, sir? It's always, you know, it's, it's not the answers you get, it's the questions you get, you ask. Mm. Is attainment of wealth the motive for life? Is profit why we do things? What would make us great would be to find a more altruistic reason to motivate us to greatness. Cast off greed and power over people. Embrace service to humanity. We can have a bright future, but we must confront the forces trying to enslave us. Fascism. Me gusta eso. I love that. Who is that? Is that your word, sir? Yes, that's Jack Ronning Fox. All right, Jack. (laughs) Hey, Jack, I love it, Jack. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know what I I like about that? And that's a question that we have to ask for real, sir. You know, uh, do we really just do things for profits or we do things because... We're just uh, human and good things to be. I mean, that's a that's a good thought. If if we're just doing things for profit, ouch! What's there? You know. Anyway, uh, you know, hey, we, you, you you put on my thinking cap. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. We you know we 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 got ourselves to where we just you know we believe in the in the dollar and anything else. You know, and that's that's what that's what I'm seeing, and that's why I write this stuff. Yeah, I'm a humanist, and I know. Yes, 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 exactly. I love that, Jack. I love that. That, you know, as you're reading that, that puts some little thinking thoughts into my thinking, thinking thoughts. Anyway, thank you, my brother. Anyway, folks, we are going to have a great program for you today. Vamos a comenzar con, we are going to start by saying, welcome aboard. 
Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, right here, first thing in the morning. Thank you so kindly for being here. Uh, folks, remember, you can get give us a call at 713-526-5738. Extension number two to be on here, 713-526-5738. Please, I ask thee, please call early so that we don't have to rush at the end. But yet, I do know that many of you are just getting, as my daughter would say, the crocodiles out of your eyes, because after all, they've thrown me at a very early time to start this program. 713-526-5738. And do remember, there are many ways to get to the program. How can you get to the program? Make sure to dial up at 90.1 FM if you're in the Houston metropolitan area. But alternatively, you can download the TuneIn application and join us from from the Android store. I think they call it the Play Store or the Apple Store. And click into TuneIn, find KPFT, and you have us. Alternatively, go to our website, kpft.org, kpft.org. Click that listen button but you don't only have to do that if you go there you may say you know what i have some extra ducats in my pocket and i want to make sure and keep those guys on air and therefore i will hit that donate button as well look if we can keep those donations coming throughout the throughout these shows throughout the days we don't have to have those long pauses with where we're Asking folks, please support the station, that sort of thing. Anyhow, you can watch us live today. I have on one of my Rock Shocks t-shirts for working out at facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, or go to politicsandright.tv, politicsandright.tv to listen to us on YouTube. Of course, you get all the clips and everything else you can find at our podcast, politicsandright.com slash podcast, politicsandright.com slash podcast. Don't forget, you want to slam me, you want to tell me, Egberto, I don't like what you're saying, or please add this to the show or whatever you want to tell me. Drop me a line at KPFT at politicsandright.com, kpft at politicsandright.com. Again, though, don't forget, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Una vez más, 713 <laughs> You know what is so funny? Uh, I'm about to say, hey, give us a call and forget the number, 713-526-5738-713-526-5738. All right. Anyway, folks, title of the show today is UAW Auto Strike. Will it happen? I don't know. Non-religious communities will eat stun on Netroots Nation volunteering. Don't know if I'm going to get to all of it, but you know what to do. If I don't get all to it, you can still get it at politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. The UAW may bring on a strike because... Well, you know what? I think I'm going to take on that subject first and see where it goes. 713-526-5738. Well, it turns out that the UAW rejected an, a, a contract that was just offered. They called it insulting, the counteroffer put forth by General Motors. Insulting. The leader of the United Arab Arab. The United Auto Workers on Thursday rejected General Motors' contract counteroffer as insulting and reminded the company that is running out of time to avert a strike. 
after refusing to bargain in good faith for the past six weeks, only after having federal labor board charges filed against them, GM has come to the table with an insulting proposal that doesn't come close to an equitable agreement for auto workers, UAW President Sean Fain said in response to the counterproposal, which the company made public after meeting with union negotiators. Remember this, people. Remember this. This is one of the companies that the United States government, we the people of of America, bailed out during the 2008 pandemic when they were about to fall on their faces, right? They loved, they loved, they loved us then. GM either doesn't care or isn't listening when we say we need economic justice at GM by 11 p 11:59 p.m. on September 14th. Fain added, "The clock is ticking. Stop wasting our members' time. Tick tock." GM's offer include a 10% increase in wages for most employees, well short of UAW's call for a 46% wage boost. That may sound like a lot, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. If the UAW proposed raise was implemented across the entire U.S. auto manufacturing sector, Bloomberg's Justin Fox noted Thursday it would bring real hourly wages back to what again? Okay, let, let, let's hear this. This is what I want you to hear. If they pay the workers what they're asking for, that 46% raise, which isn't what they deserve, but which is less than they deserve, they would be back to 5% less than where they were in mid-2003. When we talk about workers falling behind, When we talk about not having a minimum wage that has gone up in decades, over a decade, I believe. When we talk about that, people sit back and like, uh, well, you know, people don't work for minimum wages. Yes, they do. There are still a lot of jobs that only pay minimum wage because that's all they have to pay. So for those that are always on the singing glory, glory, hallelujah, defending the corporations, please don't buy into the rhetoric or buy into what these guys are doing. And remember, your interest, the interest of the average American, the interest of the employee is never what's important to the corporatocracy. A smile, they may give you a smile, they may tell you nice things, they may, they may tell, they give you all of this, but the bottom line is that they have forgotten that the employee is also a stakeholder for this whole thing to work. Their sole purpose, as the God of capitalism says, Milton Friedman, he's a new God of, or the, the, the most recent God of capitalism, Milton Friedman, that corporations have no responsibility to the environment, no responsibility to the employees, no responsibility to anything other than the shareholders, the people who owns who own the company shares. Remember what I told you guys over and over again? 
the most important thing in this country based on our economic system is capital, you don't matter. So anytime you are out there maligning the, the workers, maligning the unions, they're laughing themselves, the corporate structure, laughing themselves to the bank. Because the definition of, the, of what they do is the maximization of profits for the shareholders. Capitalism used to be defined as the, uh, the, the, allocation, the efficient allocation of resources. That has always been bull. It has always been profit. Remember how Jack started the show this morning? Jack had an insightful, and that's why it kind of mended with what I was going to talk about today. And I'm like, hey, insightful, brother Jack. You know, uh, when your sole purpose is profit maximization, you can see nothing else. But that one sentence said it. If these guys get their 46%, they will be where again? At 5% of where they were in 2003. But I'm going to read another article or, or read an excerpt from another article that should give you pause. But anyway, the average hourly wage for automaker, auto workers on the production line has dropped 30% since 2023. General Motors also offered to recognize Juneteenth as a paid holiday. Wow, how nice of you, General Motors. Payout, they also offered to give every contract holder a one-time 5,500 contract ratification bonus. Oh, yeah, we're going to throw $5,000 at everybody and say, ah, we're bribing you for this contract that's going to last several years with $5,500. And a lot of people are going to see that and like, oh, my God, I can go on a vacation with that little bit of money they gave me. But then after you are dropped right back into reality. We got to smarten up, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, they, they turn us against each other. Oh, I can't get 46% raise. Why are GM folks are going to get 46% raise? That's not the question. The question is always going to be, stop being a crab in a barrel. If you see some people on the ascent, don't try to pull them down. Give them some more rope so that they can throw it down and then pull you up. You see, the mentality we've had for too long is if we see others getting ahead and we are not, and we start to say, well, why are you getting ahead and not me? And then we go ahead and try to pull them down to our level instead of giving them the assist to pull you up with them. That is what the plutocracy, the oligarchy, the corporatocracy has done consistently, put us against each other so that when we see a, a part, any group or whatever moving ahead, we're not asking to move ahead to, we're asking to pull them down. Let's, let's not fall into the game. Late last month, 97% of participating UAW members voted to authorize a strike if the big three automakers... General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis don't agree to fair contract by September 14 when the union's current contract with the company are set to expire. The union has since filed unfair labor practices charges against GM and Stellantis, 
accusing the companies of illegally refusing to bargain in good faith. Ford made its counteroffer at the UAW last week, proposing a 9% wage increase. Fain said the companies offer an insult our very worth. Stellantis, which is headquartered in the Netherlands, is expected to put forth its counteroffer to the UAW before the end of the week. As Luis Feliz uh, Leon wrote the American Prospect on Thursday, Stellantis is using its U.S. plants as bargaining chips in high-stakes negotiations with the union. Hmm. Yes, yes. But I want to I want to go at the core. I want to go at the core of this. I want to go at a at a special core because there's this this thing that when I read, I couldn't believe it. I want you to hear this statement. What angers me is to hear the corporations talk about how workers being treated fairly is going to drive up the cost of vehicles. In the last four years, the cost of vehicles went up 30%. I want you guys to listen to this well, folks. The cost of vehicles went up by 30%. Okay? Remember what they did after the pandemic. It went up 30%, not because these people's costs went up, but because they could. The vehicles went up by 30%. The wages of the uh, uh, the wages of the average worker went up by 6%. So vehicle up by 30%, wages of the American worker by 6%. Now here's the kicker, people. Corporate CEO pay went up 40%. In other words, above and beyond the 30% increase in the price of the car, the CEO pay went up 40%. You know what that's called? Robbing the worker. Robbing the worker. The executive's pay go way up, more so than the cost of it, the inflated cost of the cars. And the cost for the average worker, 6%. They constantly fall behind. This boils down to one thing. It's corporate greed. I think corporate greed is a nice way of saying, no, it's not corporate greed. It is bare face evil. We need to call it what it is, evil. And this has happened. been happening to the average American worker over and over and over again. And it has been happening to the American worker because we have allowed it. We have been making excuses for corporate America for a long time. We have been trying. Anytime somebody wants something to give to the average American worker, to the average American citizens, they, they put out ads and all of that, and they convince a few people to say, socialism, socialism, socialism. And they, they use all these things, or they use race, 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 or they use all these things to keep people fighting among each other as they clean up and take themselves to the bank on your back and you defend that everybody in america should be talking about we it is time you know when people say it's time to take our country back no it's time to take our country david come on in sir good morning Eduardo. good morning sir how are you doing this morning i haven't called in a while hey this thing about milton friedman uh talking about how the 
corporations, they don't know anything but to the shareholders. Yes. Let me give you a little insight on that situation. Back in the 20s, when Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company, he well, he was kind of put off by the fact that, that his employees could not afford to buy the vehicle. I remember was, that story. Go ahead. Tell it, brother. Tell he it. Did, he dropped the price of his vehicles to so that his so that his employees could, could afford. Well, guess what happened? These two guys named the Dodge Brothers, they turned around and filed a suit against the Ford Motor Company. The, the Dodge Brothers suit basically said that as a fiduciary to the shareholder, the Ford Motor Company was obligated to maximize shareholder profits. And they took the case all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided in favor of the Dodge Brothers. So when Henry, when 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 Milton Friedman makes this statement about about the corporate corporation owing owing only being obligated to the shareholder, he has somewhat of a legal foundation for that. And there's a woman, there's a woman. Her name is Gwen Stout. She wrote a book called the the shareholder prop, the shareholder value myth. And um, now I don't know if all corporations have this sort of fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders. But if they but if the corporation has some kind of contractual obligation to the shareholder, then there is a fiduciary responsibility there. Now and this is a this is a it, it that is a definition of capitalism, sir. So uh they're they're correct. When they say the fiduciary responsibility to the shareholder, that is true. That is how that is what the corporation is, right? Now their stakeholders, I mean I, I you could you could you could sort of finagle a way to say that well the fiduciary responsibility is to keep a, a keep an employee happy right you could say that an employee happy will give you is a it's better in a fiduciary manner for the corporation because a happy worker will create more products etc 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 you could say that and you could legally go into court and argue that and say well the reason why we are doing this is because we think in the long run it's it's the it's our fiduciary duty to the corporation but there are certain things that humans need that it's not the most efficient and you know whenever you talk about uh, you know i remember being on a panel and on this panel we were talking about um uh, social programs and what could we do to educate kids to make sure, you know, a whole lot of things like that we're talking about. And we had four people on that panel. We had a left, left winger like myself. You had a moderate Democrat, you had a moderate Republican, and you had a right winger. And the, the way the panel went is, is, um, the, the, uh, the moderate Democrat wanted to kind of hear all sides. I wanted to make sure that we took care of humanity first. In other words, we, we fix we fix uh, the th- the cost of what it costs to live uh, to make a person happy, that sort of stuff. That was my first concern. And then I said, we build a business, we build business laws and rules around what makes people happy. That was my, my contention. My contention isn't fiduciary responsibility of the shareholder and it kind of that bull crap. Then because we do remember, a shareholder is simply saying, "I want to make, I want to put my money somewhere that I can sit down on my rear end, not do any work. Somebody else do the work, and I make a profit. My money work for me." Here's the thing, Alberto. Here's the thing about it. I'm not agreeing with Milton Friedman. I'm just saying that that Friedman had the support of the Supreme Court. Oh no, no, no. I know. I, I never thought, sir. 
that you were agreeing with that. No, no, I never thought that. I just wanted to expand on that. So no, I know where your heart is. Uh, so well, what I'm, yeah, what I'm saying, however, what I'm saying, however, is that the, by design, that that is a culture that on that panel that I sat. The first thing that came out of the businessman's mouth was, but how is that going to affect business? So in effect, he's saying, how is feeding these kids going to affect my business? How is making sure these humans are happy going to affect my business? So it's business first. Many times I talk about, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. They're pretty short-sighted in that respect, because they're always worried about the bottom line, and they're willing to, to put their profits ahead of everything. Right, exactly. Let me, let me, let me, before, you, before you continue, let me point this out. Uh, I just heard Arnie Arneson still comes on before yours. Yes, sir. He was talking about how, how the, back in the, in the 70s and 60s, the average uh, it, uh, disparity between CEOs and the, average, and the rank and file employees is about 20 to 30 times. Now, and, and nowadays, fast forward to 2023, here we have Jeff Bezos in, in 2022. His income for 2022 was $3,031,000,000. How does, what's, what's the ratio, the d- disparity of wealth between his income and the average Amazon employee? Absolutely so. Thousand. So, so that's the kind of insane, abominable, disparity of wealth that, that's happening in this, in this country right now. And it's not just really Bezos. This is about every corporate CEO in this country who's, who's making that kind of disparity of wealth. And then, and then they're telling us that we have to get on our knees and, and do some kind of obscene gesture to make the, to make the plutocrats happy to, to, to make sure that, that they don't get pissed off at us and, and try to stage another another Trump like coup. Now, let me tell you, David, what I want to what I want to tell Americans is a following, right? Because this starts by making people believe that they're worth more than they're worth, right? I always used to talk about my uh, my the the person who sweeps the streets, the person who throws the garbage out, the importance that I have given to these people, because again, all of us make things happen in society. You know, if if you think you're so important, right? Let your plumbing go down, and see how and see how important you are until you find a plumber. Let your car break down and see how important you are, whether you're an executive or whatever, until you get that mechanic. So I've learned over time to dispel the fallacies that's been put in our mind as far as the importance of people, right? Or what people's importance are. I hear it drives me crazy when people give the importance to people like Jeff Bezos, who you just mentioned, or Elon Musk as some sort of geniuses. They're not. Everything that Elon Musk... Go ahead. Let me let me give you a little insight on that. Uh, are you familiar with a guy named George Ryder? He used to have the a na- show on KPFT. Okay. His, yes. His wife, Deborah Chasco, she was the one on the on the on the station. Yes, on yes, the, I know. Uh, station board. Well, he had on his show. He talked about that the the value of of the rank and file employee as opposed to the CEO, 
and, and they got into a long discussion about because he said he was on a flight one day and uh, and there was a guy sitting next to him and they were talking about about stuff like that and the, and this guy he was a he was a member of a corporation and he was a, a, a ranking officer and he said something to the effect that that what really makes the difference is who gets to die with the most with the most toys. Right. And yeah. George Roberts was wow, that's this really let me let me tell you something. If you don't get that, if you you don't understand what goes on in these boardrooms and and also how little they think about you, I find it amusing when we are trying to create different types of activisms. How many people are ready to simply call us out as opposed to listen to what's really happening? Welcome aboard, Alexandria. Um, Messiah, you have a good a good statement. I'm going to read in a minute. Uh, let let me tell you something, guys. Um, when we think about the value of people, uh, why it upsets me so much. When we talk about how great Elon Musk is, Elon Musk is one person. The the hundreds of engineers that make these things happen that he doesn't know. I mean, we are we all depend on each other for the things that we get done done. And to sit back and say, oh, Jeff Bezos is worth the bill. Nobody, nobody is worth billions of dollars, not even $1 billion. They didn't do anything themselves to afford them that. But we have been programmed into believing that if your idea flourishes and takes off, that you're entitled to all the spoils that that idea produces, even though you are not capable of developing that idea without hundreds, without thousands of people, let's go further. You would not have been able to develop that idea had you not been nurtured by all of us who paid the taxes to create that society that nurtured you. But we have been close. Go ahead. I want to say one more thing before I let you go. Uh, I don't usually talk about people who call in your show. This first particular person, way back in the tw- in, 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 in 2000, when Glenn, Glenn Urbach had his show, this good old Brian was calling, Brian and Barry would call Glenn Urbach and, and, and ladle their swill to him and then after Glenn Urbach retired he had to because he had family to take care of he he, went, he had to leave the show and then this guy uh, Jeff Berg started his show Partisan Gridlock mm-hmm. and Barry and Brian started calling their show and come the same kind of stuff that Brian is saying to you he was saying to those guys and I'm hearing this stuff and I'm saying damn it Brian you you're like a broken record, man. No, but it's it's not. Uh, let, let me just say this stuff, David, and then I'll let you go. It's not about a broken record. It's, you know, there used to be a commercial I saw on TV where it showed that we don't need to put chains on people. The, the, the thing about the thing about the, the economic system that we have today we no longer have to chain people up. We no longer have to put chains on them because we've already put chains in their minds, right? right. We've already right. enslaved their minds. And look, my look was my mind at I never wore chains. I don't know what slavery looked like. I know what discrimination looked like now, and, and but I don't know what chains look like or whatever, but was I ever a slave? You bet your damn life I was. My mind was in slavery. Oh. 
Egberto, there's a saying that I heard, I don't know who said it, but he goes like this. There is no one who is more thoroughly enslaved than those who mistakenly believe they are free. And that is a very good statement. And and that is what our economic system has done to many. It, you know, you give somebody a few dollars and they think, oh, I'm on top of the world. And then they start defending those people who afforded them a few more dollars than the other. It's all a chain that has to be broken. And one of the things that we want to do is enlighten folks so that they don't fall, so that they unenslave their minds like I said, I don't say anything that I, I don't say anything to the to the masses. By the way, let me let you go, David, and let me finish up my rant here. Um, I don't say anything. You have a good one, brother. Um, I don't say anything that I haven't said to myself. I don't beat up on anyone on unless I beat up on myself first. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, but. An enslaved mind and too many of us continue to have the chains in our minds those chains are there. We don't have to have it in our hands. I, I mentioned before the slavery days, you, some, some of the slaves you had to put on chains so that they don't run away, but they still produce for you. They were capital. They were important. But the, with the new system now, you know, uh, we just use you as we need you. And when we don't need you, we let you go. And then at the, after we let you go, very few times, we don't even want to pay for the social services to keep your humanity. Right? Uh, so, so what we believe in, what folks like myself, real progressives believe in, is always going to be human first. Alexandria Masiak says the following. By the way, folks, give us a call. Do you agree? Do you disagree? 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. All right. Alexandria Maciak says the eventual collapse of capitalism is made possible by the many capitalists constantly on the lookout for new ways to make safe money. Capitalism is independent, uh, is independent wealth, which is a recipe for disaster. That's why hyperinflation is inevitable. Additionally, the high costs associated with increasing natural disasters will crush our workforce as no government company or family can find anything they need to survive single-handedly. This effect will bring about more unity. I predict, I agree with that. That statement that eventually we will be unified when we realize that separate we fall. Climate change will focus on us to work together, which is what socialism is, ensuring equal treatment and access to all. I like to make sure to put democratic in front of that. But the real change will be uh, organizing ourselves, the all humanity under a new system that will guarantee us universal entitlements, food, housing, education, healthcare, infrastructure, and professional job for every able-bodied adult. The eight-part plan I am proposing is called Organized. Oh, I like that. Organized. My goal is to have in place a safe transition before the collapse, a way to protect each other from extinction. It begins with environmental science, improving the living and working conditions of everyone everywhere. You know what is interesting? Uh, I love I love your paragraph there. That's why I read the entire paragraph. As I was talking to David, I was reading it and I was like, that was that I love the way you say that. And you know, if you speak to uh, Professor uh, Economist Dr. Richard Wolf, he would he he would he ta- he talks about the beginning stage of economic system the the stage of stasis and the stage at which they collapse. And we are currently in the collapsing stage of our economic system. And that's why there's so much friction occurring across the world, a part of the world where 
uh, the system is in in effect. 713-526-5738. Look, I've got me a a change of subject here. If any, if we don't get calls on this particular subject in the next two minutes or so, 713-526-5738. I would love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Whether you agree with me or not is not the important thing. What's important is your thoughts. 713-526-5738. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, we're going to go to a, a, a 10-minute segment that I, I prepared uh, for the show that's shown in the newsletter as well. But, you know, I prefer hearing from you guys if you have more to say. Seven, one more to wait. One more minute. 713-526-5738. Give me a call now. Hit extension 2 to get on air. 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2. But with regards, again, to the UAW, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even have played it, give us 46% and be 5% behind 2003. I would have said, bring us up to 2003 and beyond because the CEOs and the executives and the bonuses that they have received on our backs have all been above and beyond the inflation rate while they're asking us to live below the inflation rate and inflation created by whom by they by them remember all inflation that we've had over the last several years weren't because of a supply and demand issue in the aggregate it was not a supply and demand in the aggregate it was because they had the ability to raise prices i want you guys to understand that it had nothing to do with supply and demand. The, the price that you're paying for gasoline right now is a farce. We Look, guys like me like the higher price of gasoline because people will use less and it'll, and it'll put less crap into the air. But when we talk about a supply and demand issue, when they try to create reasons why we have gasoline at the prices that we have now, it's false. We have a flood of oil if we really wanted to do it. But this is maximization. This is maximization of profits for the few. Folks, we have to wisen up and understand what they're doing. I see I've got two calls, so I'm going to wait for for, uh, Jack to process it. And then I'll go ahead and put you on air as soon as Jack is done processing to let me know who is on air. 713-526-5738. And we can take more calls. 713-526-5738. Let's go ahead and go to Melissa. Come on in, Melissa. How are you doing this morning? How are you doing today, this morning? I am doing, gr- I am oh. doing great, my dear. Talk to me. So, um, I just wanted to chime in. I don't want to be too long. I mean, well, you know, I only got five seconds, actually. I just wanted to chime in on saying about the eco issue is um, the urban issue. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I was wondering how you feel about the fact that um, that our political leaders or, you know, running everywhere trying to get, you know, behind, you know, these teams, you know, these uh, groups of um, issues that we have. But, um no one really is looking at the black vote again. Um, they're shying away from everything. But our issue is the fact that we've been needing to take care of our um, urban communities. And now um, we're 
um, coming to a head where it's now an environmental issue. So our issue is the environment. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see or uh, interested to see how that part all plays out. Um, because yeah, these issues are, are starting to mesh together, together. So, um, yes, in the end, we will need each other. Thank you, ma'am, for that comment. Let me just tell you, Melissa. Absolutely. So uh, as far as the you're, you're, you're correct, right? Uh, the, the way the system has operated for too long is they forget about black issues. They forget about issues for that that doesn't cover the, the majority. Now, how do we solve that problem? The vote is needed. We have to participate and we have to make sure and have our voices heard. Look, you've got KPFT now. But you have we, we have to be all over the place. We as a community, the black community has to have its voice heard. It can't. There's there's a there's a guy that called in and he said, I'm a black guy and I've given up on politics or whatever, to which I told him, absolutely not. You have to be in these people's face. You have to let yourself be heard. You can That's never give up. Hey, thank you, Correct. Melissa. And, you know, and what we have to be is out there. You know, we have to take our piece of the pie as well. And this goes with absolutely every community. This goes with absolutely every worker. Yeah. Now, now, here's one yeah. thing that I always say, Melissa, right? The good thing about it is this. The things that black people want, the things that Latinos want, the things that are, is not what everybody doesn't want, Right. So the thing about it is it's not it's not out of the scope for us to talk about these issues, right? Exactly, because they're merging. They're merging there. They're hitting every community. Absolutely. I mean, uh, environment it's environmental issue. It hits everyone, everyone under the sun. So in order to deal with it, we all have to work together to um to fight this this um, Absolutely so. So, but yes, uh, Melissa, the mere fact that you call in made made that statement, and I tell this to people who call and 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 change whatever we're talking about or whatever, and tell them the mere fact that you're calling in and making that issue here, a lot of people hear you and they say, ah, yes, now I will engage. Melissa has engaged. I am going to engage. So that's what it's all about. Anything else you want to say, Melissa, before we move on? Or first of all, did I answer your question at as satisfactorily? Yes. Yes, you did. I did. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, um, when you, when I heard you um, speaking on team and, and the fact that, you know, it's not about one in the singularity uh, anymore. Um, it's just, you know, funny to me how, you know, we've been banging this wall, banging this, this bell for a long, long time. Exactly. Finally coming to fold. So thank you so much for being here. You know, thank you so kindly for your call, Melissa. You have a wonderful rest of your day. All right, let's go ahead and bring Lane into the fold. Lane, come on in. So uh, a minute ago, you were talking about slavery. And Mm -hmm. my thoughts are that uh, slavery in the abstract uh, basically minimizes people's potential. And, uh, you know, we need to maximize people's potential. So, you know, look at things from a a perspective, you know, I mean, there's the ideological way of doing it and the economic way of doing it. But uh, there's, uh, you know, Bob Marley talked a lot about mental slavery. I mean, right. you know, a lot of his myths uh, over and over again, as you know. And uh, we enslave ourselves, and it starts to, you know, besides the economic system and the hierarchy enslaving people, the culture, uh, you know, which is passed down through parents, through the children, 
helps to that mental slavery. And uh, parents have a big role. And uh, I see it all the time, and it cuts in two directions. Uh, I remember my mom just graduated from high school. My parents never went to college. I was the first person in my family to go to college. But I always remember my mom always just this subtle turn of phrase, uh, when we go to college. You know, the whole time I'm growing up, it's like, when you go to college. When, so it's assumed, you know, you're passing that into the kid, you're, you know, imprinting in the kid. But, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, you're going to rise up. You know, you're going to go beyond what, you know, the other part of the family went to. Uh, and then I see the opposite happening. Uh, a lot of my friends, you know, and other people I work with, and uh, these folks I come in contact with, and they diminish college to their children, and it's because of this mental slavery ingrained in them uh, that, you know, college is expensive, or it's a big debt, it's a big burden, and uh, all they see is the burden that college places on people, you know, the debt, which is true. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's the only way out of the hole. Let me, let me stop you a second right there, uh, Lane, because there's something important. Lane, there's something important that I want to mention that I want to sort of interject here when it comes to the issue of college or whatever. It's true that everybody doesn't have to or need to go to college. But, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you, if you, if you listen to the right today, they're, they're trying to dummify America. And the reason they're trying to dummify America is an enlightened America and an intelligent America and an enslaved America will not allow a Jeff Bezos to make $3 billion a year because he didn't earn it. Now, when it comes to moving ourselves ahead, you're correct. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yes, uh, college is a burden because we have a society that makes college a burden. We could be like Brazil. We could be like Germany where college is paid for if you're capable of doing the college work, right? Uh, so, I mean, we all, all the burdens that we have in America right now are self-imposed burden. If you listen to what Melissa had said when she called in as far as the burden of the black community and, and its environment, the burden, all these things are imposed. These are not things that that uh, that are inherently how they need to be. So I agree with you one hundred percent with with what you're what calling. I'm they're imposed from, from. What I'm saying is they're imposed from without. They're also imposed from within. Okay, let me stop you there, though. Let me stop you right there because. Uh, on the outside, it seems like they're imposed from within. But when you have externalities that create that environment, when that nurturing environment is not there to nurture on uh, to nurture you well, out of right slavery, uh, yeah. the, the externalities start with the uh, the beginning of the country. You they, know, thank you. You nailed it. Thank you. You nailed it. Hey, you nailed it. So, uh, but you know, we internalize those externalities and become part of the culture. Other countries that have free education, like Germany, who offers free education to even foreigners, you know, college education, mm-hmm. you know, in England, um, yes. they realize that the value is in having an educated workforce. But the U.S. has a culture from the very beginning, and it's still perpetuated now, that it's about cheap labor. And, you know, we can't get over that. And we need to get over that. That's what we need to get over. 
Yes. Uh, 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 Lane, thank you very much. Very important concept. And yes, we do need to get over it. But we first have to, you know, and I think that's why we have programs like this. When I talk about and I. There you go. Well, here it goes. Let me go. Emancipate. Remember it? Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None of the work can free our minds. There you go. I remember the days of slavery. Another reggae song. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, my brother, thank you so kindly for your call. You make a difference. You have a wonderful rest of your day, sir. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go to ARR. Come on in, ARR. Is that your name, ARR? You're on. R? I think his name is Busy Signal. We must have lost him somewhere along the way. Oh, okay. No problem. Business signal. Well, you know what? The, my next piece is 10 minutes and I don't want to take uh, that up with the rest of the time because um, whatever. So give us a call. Seven one th- I'm, I, if you want to listen to the, 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 the things that we have in the newsletter, what the show is supposed to be about, go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter because the, the videos that are left to play are too long given the amount of time that we have left. So I'd love to speak to you guys. 713-526-5738. Una vez más, 713-526-5738. Hit extension number two. And you'll be on air right away because all lines are open. 713-526-5738. Uh, let me see if I can put uh, Howard on the spot for a second here. Howard, talk to me. Yes, sir. I'm right here. And I do believe that if Jeff Bezos and the rest of them took at least $1 billion that they've uh, earned, let's put that in quotation marks, <laughs> and split it among the people who work for them, they would have very happy workers because you work for a living. You don't work for fun. Yep. At least I, I work for a living. Of course, this is kind of fun anyway. Well, you, you you have a lot of fun. Come on, you know that. You love what you do. That's why you do it so well, man. I obviously must. <laughs> I <don't understand. laughs> Some days I just wonder, like, you know, is this really worth this? But yeah, it is. Because I get to bring great shows like uh, Politics Done Right, uh, You Talk, the music shows. It's It's a labor of love. I do get paid for it. I am the only paid employee here at this radio station. But you know what? You, you know what? Uh, yes, but let me tell you something. We we love you, brother. We love you. But let's go to Brian. Brian is on the oh, air. This Brian is here. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't heard from the mayor of... Uh, the the second mayor. Right yeah. Come on in. Oh, the mayor hasn't called in yet. You're right. Brian, yeah. how are you Who's doing? The assistant mayor. Brian. Yeah, the assistant mayor is here. Yeah. Brian, come on in, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear this a lot about the uh, United States. First off, people compare it to the other countries. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they don't like the United States. They always say, you know, it's like this country has, you know, why don't we get this, but Germany gets that? And, you know, uh, why, why is this? Why is that? Because we want yeah. things that are good for us. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so you compare what you dislike. Why don't we get this? Yes, I agree. So you can simply move to Germany. Well, no, because this is my country. This is my country. I am going to look at other 
things that work in uh, you know you know what is the thing about uh progressives and also moving forward and also growing brian uh, there, uh you can learn how to stagnate and just say this is how things are going to be period this is who we are that's one way of being I refuse to be that way. And not even, even as, as I don't revere the founding fathers, even the founding fathers believe that. I mean, the founding fathers, when they wrote a constitution, wrote an expandable document that could change with time. So even they, in as much as what they did in the beginning was severely lacking, even they understood that uh, things uh, needed to move forward. So no, my dear Brian, when I see another country doing something that has been successful and our country isn't, I am not going to move to that country. I'm going to try to make our country more successful. It's that simple. And you should feel the same way too, my brother. No, no. Can you name me how many countries in the world have a Bill of Rights? Uh, let me tell you, a newer constitution does not require a Bill of Rights. And you know why? Because intrinsic to that constitution is a Bill of Rights. Remember, our Bill of Rights came about because of a flawed constitution. You see, when, they, when you don't learn critical uh, critical theories about how we were founded, etc., that's how we make the mistake that you just made. Here is what you just said. How many countries have a Bill of Rights? They don't need a Bill of Rights if it's intrinsic to the Constitution. We needed one because we failed at our Constitution and it was not going to come to fruition unless we got a Bill of Rights. So that is where, again, you have to learn these things, my brother. Continue. That, that, that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. Well, I mean, you, you can call it ridiculous. You can go ahead and read it. You can read the, the Federalist Papers, and you can read everything that I just said, which will oh, prove it true. Well, you must not have. If you don't believe, if sir, if you don't believe that the Bill of Rights came about because the Constitution didn't have that in it, then you haven't read the Federalist Papers. Then you haven't read the history of the United States. No, oh, 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 I know a lot about the history of the United States. It seems like, sir, my brother, my brother, I made a truthful statement. I made a truthful statement that is, sir, hold on, sir, hold on, I made you talk. I made a truthful statement that is verifiable by our history. You can go read it if you want to. And for you to come on air on a national program and say that, what I said was ridiculous. When it is verifiable and provable, it's it speaks badly of of what you're saying, sir. No, 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 no. That's your interpretation. It's not an sir. It's not an interpretation. This is in black and white. If you read the Federalist Papers, it, the Constitution would not have passed the way it was written. We needed to have individual rights, and that's where the Bill of Rights came about. It's not a, it's a, it, they are amendments. They are not a part of the, they, they are amendments to the Constitution, sir. Because they realized that it was not perfect and it is not a. Isn't that what I said? <laughs> You're repeating what I said, sir. It's not. That is your interpretation. Anyway, sir, you just said what I said. They realized it wasn't; uh, it had flaws, and they had ten, the first ten amendments, which became the Bill of Rights, and that's why it's there. And you just repeated that; that's why it's there as well. No, no, I said that's your interpretation of the Constitution. Okay, what's okay? Right. Uh, no, I, I did not agree with it. I mean, uh, what I'm 
you compare this country to the faults that it has to other countries that does not have faults. The, uh, who said other countries don't have faults? Who's, whoever, whoever said, my dear brother, that other countries don't have faults? Again, uh, uh, the way that uh, a, a, a pragmatic person does is as following. Something good in country number A works well, let's adapt it in our country. Something works badly in our country, let's get rid of it. That is what you say. That, that, you know, that's what you do. Say that again. We did get rid of slavery, correct? Uh, yeah, but why, why did we have it in the first place? Because it's slavery has been here since the dawn of time. No, here's the thing, sir. Again. didn't take slaves? Sir, uh, slave, the slavery issue is something we should be ashamed of. And and uh, and and period. We should simply atone for it. We don't need to talk about it. Atone for it. We did something wrong. We did something evil. Our country was formed on an evil. The genocide that occurred onto the natives that was an evil. Accept it and move on. The same goes on with uh, with what we did to the Chinese over here. We did a lot of bad things for our success. Accept it. That's what we did. Now we've made we've atoned. Let's move on. But we've, we, we have to accept that we did bad things. It's not difficult, sir. But I, let me run to Barry. Brian, call back tomorrow. Barry, come on in. You got 30 seconds. Hey. Hey, I, I, I really don't have very much to say after that. You, you nailed it, brother. But that goes to show you the hypocrisy runs strong. And I guarantee that people like Ryan and all those other ones that think like that took all the stimulus money that they could possibly muster. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you very much for calling in, Barry. It's it's a pleasure having you. I keep listening, keep calling. Let me throw this back to the studio to further close out. Go ahead, my brother Jack and my brother Howard. You know, I think that uh, Barry, I mean, <laughs> I think that Brian must like his blood pressure getting up pretty high. <laughs> you know, he says, okay, I got low blood pressure. Let me call into Egberto and harass him. <laughs> but no, he, he contradicted himself there. Mm-hmm. When he, he repeated what you said. Okay, yeah. the Constitution wasn't perfect. They put in the Bill of Rights to make it perfect or pass it. So it's like, well, you just said that, didn't you? Yeah. But uh, he's a trip, you know, he's a trip. I love the guy. And I love that he calls in because a lot of people need to, the, 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 the additional information that he brings so that we can actually refute it. So that was important. Thank you very much, guys. Hey, we are running over. Uh, Jack. Oh, no. Jack. Jack. Well, uh, you know, these corporate giants like uh, Bezos and Musk are hit, man. They are paid dictators. All right. I got to cut you there because we're out, Jack. But thank you. We needed to hear your voice, though. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.